0: I don't know about you, but uh, I have to admit, this is one of the strangest moments I can remember in a long time, (laughs) perhaps ever in my life at least, uh, just what is going on with this COVID-19, the coronavirus certainly is a worldwide concern, and there's been a global response to it, and uh, there's certainly so much fear and anxiety around the world caused by the virus. And to add to that, uh, the extreme losses in the stock market, and then for many of us, you yeah, the school closures and event cancellations, and it just seems like one anxiety point over another laid on top of each other. And the results, uh, you go to the grocery store and so many of the shelves are so sparse, and good luck finding any hand cleaner to purchase. Um, a lot more people are washing their hands, am I right? 20 seconds is the recommendation. Have you tried that yet? That is a long time. If you're not washing your hands for 20 seconds, I commend that to you, not me, but I'm passing along what experts tell us. But it's a good long time. <laughs> Count it out next time and you'll see. There's also a lot less physical contact, isn't there? And for many of us, that's there's a loss with that. But the world around us seems almost smothered right now, it seems to me. With anxiety, And that's a topic that God speaks directly about. He helps us in understanding uh, how to respond to anxiety. In fact, he spoke to a particular group of believers about this exact topic. These Christians were suffering. They were understandably filled with uh, anxiety in their uh, thoughts and their feelings. In 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, I invite you to open your Bibles there. 1 Peter chapter 5. We hear toward the end of uh, this great letter, we hear these words. That we are to cast your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Cast your anxiety on Him, on God, because He cares for you. Because God cares about you, you can throw your worries upon Him. What does it mean to cast our cares, cast our concerns, your version might say, to to, to cast our anxiety upon God? Have you ever been to the carnival uh, where those the games are played? Uh, have you ever tried to play those games? It doesn't take long to know that the games are rigged, right? The house always wins in the carnival games, and you're likely going to lose a whole lot of money, even if you end up walking away with a stuffed animal or some other prize. you ever tried on those those bottle games where the bottles are out there, and the mouth of the bottle is up, and you try a frisbee toss, or however your technique is, the rings, and put them on the mouth of the bottle? That's hard, isn't it? It's supposed to be hard, because they don't want you to win. Because when you cast your ring out there, they don't want it to hit the mark. When the Bible talks to you about casting your anxiety upon the Lord, that's not what he has in mind. In fact, the Bible wants us to trust that when we do come to throw, to cast, to offer up our anxieties to the Lord, is that he catches them. He He grabs hold of them. the question is, is do we turn loose of it? Because it's also not like the old Will Rogers cowboy with the... The lasso and the rope, you know, the whole point of a lasso is you're also casting the lasso, but what are you doing? You're holding on to part of the rope, and that's the point of that sort of cast. That's not what the Bible's talking about. This is casting and releasing, letting it go, letting God grab hold and take it from you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God loves you enough to invite you to transfer your anxiety over to Him. And when we trust that God accepts these anxieties, it it frees us. It allows us to, to humble ourselves under God's strong, abiding presence. And we are in a moment where there are real challenges in the world. There is real suffering. And this is spoken to people who are suffering under persecution, in fact. And in the midst of life's challenges, we can cast our anxiety. And later, in this passage, in verse 10, we read these words, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, he will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So how do we go about casting our anxieties upon the Lord? If he really does invite us, how do we go about doing that? That's a great question. We're going to turn to Philippians chapter 4. A passage Steve has already uh, uh, read for us. Philippians chapter 4 gives us some great insight into how we are to cast our anxieties upon the Lord. How do we come to God in prayer? What does that mean? And I just want to reread what's already been read for you. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 6. The Bible says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. So one of the first clues we have here about Uh, casting and giving God over our anxieties, is to lean into our relationship with Jesus. You see, the peace of God becomes a gift to you as you lean into your relationship with Jesus. It's not just some magical cascade from heaven that if you think good thoughts or, or wish the future well... That somehow you will have God's peace. That's not what God says. It is in leaning into our relationship with Jesus that we now have a heart and mind that's guarded with the peace of God. We are told in this passage to be people who take time to talk to God. Now we're talking about anxiety today and a worry. And sometimes, maybe most of the time, for most of us, it's in the most anxious of moments when we are most likely to pray, right? It's when we feel most deeply our need to be communicating and to be reaching out and to to feel grabbed hold of by God. And that's so natural, but kind of like it was raining this morning and maybe you left the house today and you wrapped yourself in a raincoat and you walked out of the house to protect yourself from the rain and once the clouds part and the sun comes out, what will you do with your raincoat? You'll put it back in the closet and there it'll sit until the rain comes again. Some of us approach prayer that way. Where it's only when the clouds gather and the darkness begins to abide. And suddenly now, we like a raincoat, we pull out prayer because we have this deep-seated sense, this visceral response to pray. But what God invites us to is to talk to God and to take the time to talk regularly with God throughout the moments of your day. Not just during a religious service, not just when things are bad, not just when you're consumed with worry, but that this becomes an active, regular part of your life. In fact, I love the way the New Living Translation uh, translates it. It says, don't worry about anything, instead Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. You see, when we become thankful people for what God has done in our past, what it does is it fills us with reassurance that even though the future may seem murky, the future may seem so cloudy and opaque and we don't know what is ahead, we know who is ahead, right? Because God has been in our past, we trust that God will be in our future and He is leading us. And what reassures us is being in a posture of prayer and engagement with God continuously through our life. That is the great invitation of God, that we come and we take time to talk with Him. And then this passage talks about God's very own peace. Jesus talked about peace toward the end of His earthly life. He described how it was His peace that He was leaving to us. Peace not like the world gives, but it was the very peace of God that He gives to you. Paul talks about it here in Philippians chapter 4. A peace that comes to us, a peace that is God's gift to us, but it comes out of this ongoing interaction with the presence of God. This word peace is the New Testament's way of describing the, the ancient Hebrew idea of shalom. Shalom is a Hebrew concept to describe wholeness, to describe a life that, that is complete. A life that knows that even though it may not be perfect in every reality, because God is at the center of that life, there is deep-seated goodness and rightness in the way that that person is viewing and living life. That is shalom. This is the kind of peace that God says comes through our ongoing interaction with Him as we pray with Him. You see, this peace can wow you with its depth and with its certainty. It is God's peace that Acts like a security system around your mind and your heart. You see, as you pray to God regularly, not just in the bad times, but you have a habit of prayer and engaging with God and living with Him in the regular moments of your life, God then stands guard against the threats to your wholeness, against the threats to your shalom, against the threats of your peace. And He delivers through those interactions His very own peace. I want to read one last brief passage out of Psalm 91, a passage I I often like to read when I make hospital visits to people, probably because it comforts me so much. Here's a couple of verses from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. As we conclude our move toward concluding our service this morning, I would like us to actually spend some time in prayer together. We have prayed already, but more prayer is all the better. <laughs> And we are going to offer a prayer this morning, a prayer for those who are suffering, a prayer for the anxious, a prayer for those who work with the suffering in particular. I want you to know that there are copies of this prayer should you want to take it and use it this week to pray. It's on blue sheets of paper just as you exit the sanctuary on the left side of that table there. You can grab one of these as you go home. and. Part of the way I'm going to use this this coming week is so that um, I am able to to look out of myself and to be really engaged in God's prayer and God. I mean, prayer for God's work in these realities. Susan's going to come and help me with the prayer. So let us prepare our hearts. This is a lengthy prayer, but it is well worth our attention. Let us give voice and turn our hearts To the Lord now. O Christ, our healer, there is no end to malady, sickness, injury, and disease in this broken world. So there is no end to the line of hurting people who daily need my tending. Therefore, give me grace, O God, that I might be generous with my kindness, And that in this healing and caretaking vocation, my hands might become an extension of your hands. And my service, a conduit for your mercy.
1: For it is often not an easy place to be. So near to suffering, to injury, to pain, to emergency and to fear and confusion. And sometimes even to dying and death and grief. And I believe it is exactly the sort of place you would be, O Lord, amongst those who hurt? So let my practice of medicine be centered in an understanding of your heart. Let me practice medicine because you are a healing God who feels compassion and extends mercy. Let me practice medicine because you are near to those who are in need, to those who face grief and loss. Let me practice medicine as a willing servant of your redemption, pushing back, by means of my vocation, the effects of the fall. Let my presence in this place lend a human face to your compassion.
0: Even when my schedule is crammed with appointments, rounds, or Mm -hmm. duties, let me never view my patients as mere tasks on a to-do list. Give me grace instead to be always... Even in our brief encounters, attentive and responsive to the hearts of human beings, made in your image. Let me extend kindness and mercy even to those who are too angry, frightened, bitter, or in pain to respond with anything but venom. Let me especially love them, for they suffer even more than from physical ailment. From a lack of understanding or experience of your overwhelming grace and mercy and love. Let their time with me be to them a taste that might awaken a hopeful hunger in their hearts.
1: I can do none of these things on my own. Apart from your grace, I have no grace to give. So give me your greater your grace in greater measure, O oh Lord. Let me find also in the midst of such constant need, a rhythm of service and rest that will enable my own soul to be tender, tended and nourished. But in the time I spend with patients, I will have a deeper repository of patience and kindness to share with them.
2: Teach me how to better
1: balance my duties and my days so that this work would not make me absent from the lives of my family, Friends and church. Let me be well woven into those communities and relationships, enjoying ample time with them, being available to them, caring for their needs, even as I allow them to care for mine. Let me never be so consumed by my vocation that those closest to me suffer negligence.
0: I would not just be a doctor or a nurse. Or a medical provider, O God, I would be a minister of your healing and compassionate work in your world. I would be a living witness of your love, expressed in a practical care of people. I would be your disciple in this place, at this time, among these people.
1: So give grace, Lord Christ. Give me grace this day and all days. That I might serve you well by loving and serving others in this healing trade. Ever laboring in view of that day when your kingdom will be fully realized. At the great mending of this world. At the great ending of all ills. Let me play a small part in that great work today.
0: Amen. Perhaps this morning you... You know a caregiver in your life. Maybe you've been one and are being one in your very home, or there's someone else in your life, maybe in this church, you want to offer this prayer to, you're welcome to take some with you. Realize our church is filled with medical caregivers, whether it be home health aides or medical specialists or doctors or nurses, pharmacists, and there are many. Maybe this prayer could be part of what helps you pray for those who are on the front lines this week and the weeks to come. It's there for you to take in the blue sheets as you exit. You know, today we talked a lot about the peace of Jesus and God's desire to receive the anxiety, the anxious moments of our lives. And he does that because we've been established and rooted in a relationship with Jesus. And Maybe you're not sure today about what that really means. Not sure if if you know what it is to lean into a relationship with Jesus because you're not sure you've ever stepped into a relationship like that. I want you to know that, that I, the staff, your Bible study leader, your small group leader, we, we are ready and happy to talk with you about that. If you would like to share and express that need and just simply say, I'd like to know more about what it means. There's no greater topic that we enjoy talking about than, than just that. And so we would love... For you to know the peace of Christ that only is available to you through a relationship with Him. So as we conclude our service this morning, feel free to reach out to your Bible study leader or staff person here at the church today or in the days to come. We are going to close our service by singing one last song. And I'd like to invite you to stand and sing with a hearty voice.